This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in. Hour two of the Lake Show, News Talk 830-WCCO. It's time to check in with, I guess you could say, show regular, friend of the show, when I need some uh, some help with the different uh, political stories and getting up to speed with everything that's happening in, the, uh, in that specific area of the world. Aaron Rupar from Public Notice joining us now, courtesy of the... John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline, and I always love when Aaron comes on the show, but I, I, I will say this. Aaron has listened to me throughout the years, previously when I was at K-Fan, but we didn't develop a, a, a friendship and a rapport until he believed in me. When Anthony Edwards actually became a good basketball player, like being the guy that he is now, that I think was, that was, that was the rubber stamp, was it not? You helped me see the light for sure. Uh, I was, you know, initially kind of a hater of Ant's game. Uh, I overreacted to a very small sample, and you were steadfast that uh, he was him, and you've been proven correct. So, um, score one for you. But yeah, I mean, that definitely not that I, not that I questioned your uh, basketball takes. I mean, obviously, like you said, I've listened to you for a long time. I know that you know hoops as well as anyone. But uh, you know that that kind of put me in my place, and uh, I defer to your takes now because uh, you were you were dead on on that one. Nah, Aaron, it ain't about putting you in your place. I just like that we bonded <laughs> over basketball, baby. Yeah, we just bonded over basketball. I appreciate it, man. Well, look, let, let, yeah. let, let, let's get away from basketball and let's uh, talk politics here. Uh, you do a phenomenal job with public notice. I, everybody out there, I would sign up uh, if, if you're not already signed up for his newsletter. Please make sure that you sign up for the public notice newsletter. But I wanted to start with this. You know, it seems like there's been so many headlines, and I think that there are certain narratives that, you know, us in the media that we kind of have about certain politicians here and there. And one of the things that we've seen over the year 2023 is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Joe Biden's age, right? And there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, you know, is he is there is there some cognitive and mental decline or, you know, mistakes that are being made? I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that people want to throw out there because they want to take shots at the current president. But with that being said, people have taken it to a new level where they're trying to attach maybe some of the smaller local elections and say, you know what, Joe Biden's not strong because we're going to see the lack of strength in Joe Biden as a brand, right? I'm talking about just as a brand naturally, and we'll see how it plays out locally. Well, a couple of nights ago when we had the elections and and people were talking about the Democrats and how they were a little bit, I guess, surprisingly doing well on Tuesday night. What does that say about both the local elections in terms of how the Democrats did versus the brand and how we view Joe Biden nationally? Yeah, this has been two straight years now where Biden, of course, going into the midterms last year as well, 
had quite low approval numbers, like in the 30s, maybe low 40s, which historically, you know, are some of the worst that in the modern era we've seen since they've been polling uh, for, you know, approval ratings for presidents. And yet, despite that, you know, last year, uh, usually in midterms, the party of the president gets a drubbing and loses control of Congress. But Democrats held on to the Senate and narrowly lost the House, uh, which was seen as a victory given that historical context that I mentioned. And then this year you had an abortion referendum in Ohio that uh, turned out well for progressives. You had uh, other races around the country, a closely watched Kentucky race for governor where a Trump endorsed candidate lost to the Democratic incumbent. And so, you know, really it was pretty close to a blue wave election. Um, Now for local races, there isn't often a lot of polling done just because the resources that it takes to poll uh, on state, you know, state level races, a lot of outlets don't have those sorts of resources. So, um, you know, Biden's approval rating ends up being kind of a proxy for the Democratic brand. But what we've seen now for two straight years is that the weakness that shows up in his daily, uh, the polling of his approval rating isn't showing up in these elections. And so it seems like, you know, maybe forces like the overturning of Roe last year and abortion rights being a really galvanizing force for Democrats getting them out there to vote, um, you know, is kind of uh, canceling out the drag of Biden's low approval numbers. And, you know, we'll see the polling head to head versus Trump. I mean, there's been a number of big polls, a New York Times poll over the weekend, a CNN poll yesterday that now show Trump slightly ahead. And I think, you know, we're not really in a campaign environment right now. So I think a lot will change over the next year. But you know, I certainly don't dismiss those polls. I think it is very concerning and scary that Trump seems to be leading or is at least basically tied. But, you know, when you look at how these elections have turned out basically since Roe was overturned in June of 2022, it's pretty much been all good news for Democrats. And I think if you would have told people that back in June of 2022, we would have been surprised by that. All right. So let, let's get to something that you just touched on, abortion. Uh, where would you rank abortion in terms of the lead topics that we'll be discussing and talking about in 2024? I think it's going to be way up there um, because, you know, you see even in red states, uh, you know, deep red states like Alabama, abortion rights basically is a 50-50 type thing, even in red states. And then you get to more purple and blue states, um, you know, and the, the split is much more uh, on the side of abortion rights. I mean, we saw in Virginia on Tuesday where Governor Yunkin there, you know, was pushing a 15-week abortion ban, which is viewed as kind of being a moderate position because basically it's like 90 to 95 percent of abortions take place in the first 15 weeks. Yet even there, I mean, that went down to a huge defeat where Democrats ended up taking both chambers of their legislature, which is viewed as a huge defeat for Yunkin. And so, you know, I think whenever you're taking rights away from people, um, you know, that's going to get women out to the polls. That's going to get people who care about women out to the polls. And, um, you know, the situation hasn't really changed from June of 2022, where you still have Republicans pushing additional restrictions. It seems like any sort of ban is unpopular. And so I think it'd be political malpractice for Democrats not to make that a big issue next year, especially when you have a candidate like Trump on the top of the ticket, who, if you think back to his first campaign, was talking about how women had to be punished for having abortions. You know, of course, he put the justices on the Supreme Court that ended up overturning Roe. And so I think it's going to be right up there. I mean, possibly the most salient issue in terms of getting voters out to the polls. I mean, of course, there's economic issues, foreign policy issues that uh, will get a lot of attention as well. But I think it's definitely proven for Democrats to be the issue that gets people out there voting. Talking to Aaron Rupar from Public Notice here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Uh, one of the things that just I, I can't I can't understand it, Aaron, but it just seems like um, so many people in the Republican Party just continue to the missteps are just never ending. 
um, a few nights ago when we had the um, the coverage on Newsmax. You had Rick Santorum uh, that that was had some commentary and basically was talking about you know basically the democracy. He was kind of taking a shot like you know do, do, you know there's certain things that we shouldn't be be uh, you know putting out there in terms of you know in in, in democracy because a, a, an entire full democracy or availability of, of a full democracy is not a good thing for us uh, you know across the country and it, and it seemed to be like kind of a viral moment right it just seems like so many things that that are being said in these silos in the media end up coming back to bite them and to me when I look at the Republican Party. And we know that abortion is a big time topic. I don't understand why they feel like that's a winnable co- topic when it's not winnable at all. Well, an irony of that, you know, you mentioned the Santorum moment. And, you know, I think I was the first one who posted that clip when I was surprised at how much pickup it got. I mean, last I saw it had like four million views on Twitter. But, you know, the, the irony of that is that the whole conservative argument with abortion and one of the arguments that was made in the Supreme Court decision by the conservative justices when they were overturning Roe is that abortion should be a state level decision. You should send it back to the states. Well, now, you know, when it's being sent back to the states like it was in Ohio, where they had this uh, referendum that was aimed at enshrining abortion rights into the state constitution, which was successful um, every single time since Roe was overturned, the pro-abortion rights side of things ends up winning. And so now you have Santorum lamenting, saying, oh, this is too much direct democracy. This isn't any way to conduct our politics. And it's like, well, just a year and a half ago, this is exactly what you guys wanted. But I think they just kind of underestimated, you know, how galvanizing of a force, how unpopular abortion restrictions are. And so, you know, you kind of see them moving the goalposts now, but that's in response to the overwhelming rejection of abortion restrictions that we've seen across the country. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I think that just taking a shot at the young voters, the young demographic member, because he started the comment with talking about the young voters and talking about marijuana and abortion. Like, I just think that this is a bad thing to put out there and to have circulating as a soundbite. But let's look at last night. What was your analysis or best way to describe what you saw in terms of the latest GOP debate? You know, I kind of thought it was a a debate kind of about nothing, like a Seinfeld debate, so to speak, um, (laughs) where, you know, Trump is going to win the primary, barring some hugely unforeseen event, which, um, you know, uh, couldn't possibly be predicted at this point. So you basically have 
the other candidates competing for second place and the participation trophy, basically. My biggest takeaway, and this is probably, you know, kind of inside baseball, is that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I think, is one of the most insufferable people I've ever seen in politics. And uh, you could tell, I mean, Nikki Haley literally called him scum during the debate. Yes, she did. Um, you know, which I thought was, um, you know, she was upset because he brought up in the context of a question about banning TikTok, brought up the fact that Nikki Haley's nine-year-old daughter is on TikTok, which, you know, she viewed, I think, rightly as kind of out of bounds, bringing up someone's kids, you know, for a political attack. And so that caused her to kind of snap at him. And so, you know, it was kind of moments like that. Um, you know, I did a newsletter piece on that that was mainly about Vivek and kind of what he represents in the GOP these days. But kind of my main thrust of the piece was that I'll be happy when I no longer have to think about him anymore, which hopefully will be very soon. And I think it will be because the final debate, which comes up next month, uh, the standards for qualifying are even higher than they were for this debate. So it seems like the only two that might qualify for that are DeSantis and Nikki Haley. But even if you combined their supports, you know, I think they're both around like 15, 17 percent. You know, they're still basically you could combine their support and multiply it by two and they would still be behind Trump. And so, you know, I think that um, it's more likely um, and it's still very unlikely that this happens. But I think it's more likely that Trump's legal problems get to a point where he's in so much trouble next year when he's on trial, you know, possibly he's convicted of felonies. I think it's more likely that there is another candidate inserted at the Republican National Convention for Trump, kind of a brokered convention, which is still very unlikely than it is that Trump actually loses in the primary because, you know, his polling is just so overwhelming that once you're above 50 percent, he's at like 60, you know, upper 50s to 60 percent. You could combine the support for all the other candidates and it wouldn't even be close. I'll say this. I'm not on TikTok, but I just think that, you know, candidates that are talking about we're going to ban TikTok like that's that's not an issue you're going to win on with young voters either like I just just, I don't understand it it makes absolutely no sense to me but let's get to something and I've been very vocal about this and I'm not sitting here saying um, that polls don't matter at all okay I think that polls are flawed though that there's no question about it and I think that one of the things that me and you both can agree on is the methodology in which they go about polling is this, it seems like it's antiquated and it doesn't factor in the younger demographic, the younger voters, your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's hard to talk about them with a hugely broad brush because obviously methodologies vary, but anytime you're calling people on landline phones, I mean, who has a landline at this point? And then even beyond that, you know, some of these pollsters are calling people on cell phones, but who's answering calls from numbers that they don't recognize? I mean, that's for me is an instant, you know, send it to voicemail kind of situation. I'm just never going to answer the phone in that context. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think that polls can be entirely dismissed. And that was kind of, you know, what I was trying to allude to in, in the first question about what we can take from Democrats doing so well uh, these mm-hmm. past couple of years is that the polling for some of these Senate races for these referendums has been pretty accurate and uh, quite predictive But it seems like for whatever reason, there's kind of a disconnect between Biden's approval and uh, what happens down ballot. But, you know, you think back on on 2020, um, I don't think the polling was hugely off in that case in terms of the presidential race where it was pretty much a dead heat. And then Biden ended up winning you know, pretty narrowly. So I don't think they can be dismissed. But, you know, I think that your best bet if you're trying to draw conclusions from polls is looking at poll aggregations. You know, otherwise, in other words, like a a uh, regular regularizing multiple polls into one um, kind of average instead of looking at one poll individually, because there's a lot of outliers out there. And there are some that have really flawed methodologies, like you alluded to. And when you're oversampling older people, uh, for instance, who have landline phones, that's going to give you a skewed result. And, um, you know, I think we've certainly seen that both 2016 kind of leaning more for Democrats and then 2020 
some pollsters overcorrected, you know, oversampled uh, working class voters, for instance. And so, you know, it's uh, definitely, I think, um, not as much of a science as people would think. There's a lot of art involved into it. And so I think you have to take them, especially a year out from the presidential election with a grain of salt. All right. Two final questions for Aaron Rupar from Public Notice here on the Lake Shore News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds um, has thrown her support behind uh, Ron DeSantis. Was this does this help him at all? Because it seems like, you know, he's so far down in terms of people viewing him as a legitimate, uh, you know, contender right now versus uh, Donald Trump when everybody thought that he was going to maybe be the next guy. How much does this help him? I was pretty surprised by that. I mean, Trump has been pretty overt in his disdain for Reynolds, or at least, you know, he said things like, you know, she basically owes her election to me. And, you know, it's insinuated that she wasn't grateful enough for that because she's been kind of teasing this DeSantis endorsement going back many months now. Um, But it just seems like, you know, for Reynolds, if you're kind of reading the tea leaves and you want to be in good standing with the party to kind of hitch your wig and to DeSantis when he's kind of broken down on the side of the road, so to speak, um, at this point seems kind of strange. Um, Now, I will say that DeSantis, his strategy at this point is pretty much entirely hinging on Iowa. You know, he's not really even campaigning that much in New Hampshire, which is another one of the states that is at the front of the primary process. And so he's gambling that he can win in Iowa and kind of parlay that into momentum that will help him elsewhere around the country. And, you know, we have seen some weird results in Iowa. I mean, for instance, in 2016, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucuses, but that obviously didn't help him uh, long term because Trump ended up winning the primary. But um, I do think it'll give DeSantis a little bit of a bump. And his polling in Iowa has been the strongest of anywhere in the country where I think he's around like 20 percent. Trump is up around 50 percent. So, I, you know, I guess I do think it'll help him, but I don't think it's going to be worth 30 points. And, you know, certainly if you were uh, wagering, you know, Trump is still going to be the absolute overwhelming favorite in, in Iowa and everywhere else around the country as well. I don't think there's any state where he's up by less than like 20, 25 points at this point. All right. Uh, I was going to ask you a question about takeaways from the uh, the Trump organization being on trial. Let, let's just let's just hold that over till till next time. And, and we'll we'll get to that then. But I do want to ask you one final question, because I just don't understand this. And this is not even really this is just your opinion, because um, we can't really get into, you know, th- I don't think it's an answerable question. But I just don't understand why people care about the Tim Scott and if he's married or who he's dating. And what, what, what is, I just want to know, what is your opinion on that? Because I've seen, you know, people talking about this and it's been kind of like trending a little bit. Like, I, I don't care if he's dating this woman for roughly a year or who, if he's single, he's single. Yeah. If he's dating, is that like, isn't it a weird thing to you? It is kind of weird. I mean, there was some comedic value in that because Scott has been out there. You know, he's a lifelong bachelor, first of all, and he's like in his mid fifties. Um, but then second of all, you know, I don't think he's really had like a public girlfriend um, before this. And so he was out there in recent months kind of talking about his girlfriend and my girlfriend, this, my girlfriend, that, but nobody had ever seen her before. And so it kind of became almost this like uh, punchline where it's like, you know, his Manti Teo. it was like a Manti Teo moment. Yeah, it was like, you know, you wouldn't know her. She's hanging out with her friends somewhere else tonight kind of deal. So I was kind of, you know, I was surprised when I saw that, like, oh, there she is. She's actually a real person. Not that I think someone who is that public of a figure, you know, a senator, 
uh, would risk it all to lie about something like that. Because if, you know, if it turned out that it was a, a Teo situation where it was like a total fabrication, that could be some, you know, that could be politically problematic for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're kind of scrounging for any sort of intrigue we can get with this primary <laughs> at this point, because it's been such a dull primary. And, you know, Henry, I, I bet you probably remember too, like the 2015 uh, you know, when, when that campaign was happening on the Republican side, those early debates were like must watch TV events. I mean, you probably remember the Fox News one where Trump and Megyn Kelly got into a huge argument. Yep. And like, I remember going to a bar in Minneapolis and uh, they had it on a projector screen. It was like a big TV event. And, you know, you compare that to these debates where basically nobody is watching. Um, I think we're just thirsty for any sort of intrigue and any sort of interesting content we can get. Yeah. Give him a follow on Twitter, but more importantly, uh, sign up for his public notice newsletter. It's Aaron Rupar from public notice. Hey, Aaron, always a pleasure, my man. And uh, let's get together soon, maybe at a Wolves game or just uh, just yeah. to kind of catch up in person. But uh, I look forward to it, my friend. I love that. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. That's Aaron Rupar joining us here on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.